Hello, welcome to The Mind Grove, where we briefly explore everyday topics to challenge thoughts that are probably taken for granted. I'm Henry, an enthusiast with a passion for the social sciences and helping people realize their potentials. Views on this show are exclusively those of myself and my associates. They're aimed at informing and inspiring. They're not intended for recommendation or advice purposes. Findings and conclusions here subject to improvements where relevant. Today's show is titled The Obscure Views of Culture and Tradition. Are you familiar with the saying, when in Rome, act like the Romans? Tradition refers to methods of practice that are common amongst a group of people. To quote the poet Chingwe Achibe, when a tradition gathers enough strength to go on for centuries, you don't just turn it off one day. Culture has to do with the behaviors that characterize a people. Culture and tradition are both concepts that are relative in terms of norms and values. Whilst they offer the safe space for people to uniformly engage in everyday affairs, they have the tendency to affect our perception in both positive and negative ways. Over the years, innovators have had to go against the norms firmly engraved in tradition and culture to pave new ways for existing concepts to become better or reinvented. Most of those ideas have always existed. However, the brave innovation which stands up to the challenge of bringing them to reality often face the consequence of existing traditional and cultural standards obstructing all meaningful advances. One of the issues that culture and tradition tends to produce is the potential idealizing of authority figures in some occasions. Response to instructions from an individual authority could sometimes occur without considering the negative impact. Allow me to elaborate further with findings of an experiment to this effect. Nicola Brace and Jovan Byford of the Open University explains Milgram's The Obedience Study in their text titled Investigating Psychology. In the early 1960s, Stanley Milgram, a Yale University psychologist, began a series of experiments. It was done during the trial of an execution of World War II Nazi criminal Adolf Eichmann. He claimed that his actions were a result of simply following the orders of his superiors. Milgram wanted to establish how far a person will be willing to go if they are instructed to do so by an authority figure. He began his experiment with 40 male volunteers placed in a pretend shock generator with a scale of 30 switches that could supposedly deliver shocks in increments of 30 volts up to 450 volts and they were labeled with the terms slight shock to dangerous shock all the way up to a shock level termed XXX. Each volunteer's was paired with one of Milgram's colleagues pretending to be a participant. 
Now, all of this were all set up in a controlled environment and Milgram's aim was to gather this information and to see what responses were looking like. Most of those shocks were pretend shock levels and there weren't real shock delivered. Now, to decide who would be the learner and who would be the teacher, Milgram had them draw straws, which Milgram had preset for the volunteers to always be the teacher. The fake learner was trapped to a chair, wired up with electrodes and asked to memorize a list of word pairs whilst in a room. So each participant were told that they'll be testing the learner's recall of those words and should administer an electric shock for every wrong answer, increasing the shock level a little bit each time. The pressure was on. The pretend learner purposely gave mainly wrong answers eliciting shocks from the participant. If a participant hesitated, perhaps swayed by the learner's pain cry, the researcher gave orders to make sure he continued. These orders were delivered in a series of four prompts. Please continue. The participant didn't comply. The researcher would say, the experiment requires you to continue. Then, it's absolutely essential that you continue. And finally, you have no choice but to continue. The first round of experiments, about two-thirds of participants ended up delivering the maximum vote of 450 shock. All of the volunteers continued to at least 300 volts. Over years, Milgram kept conducting his experiment, changing the situation in different ways to see if it had any effect on people's obedience. What he repeatedly found was that obedience was highest when the person giving the orders was nearby and was perceived as an authority figure, especially if they were from a prestigious institution. This was also true if the victim was depersonalized or placed at a distance such as in another room. Plus, subjects were more likely to comply with the orders if they didn't see anyone else disobeying if there were no rule models of defiance. It is important to note that ethical constraints of this experiment makes it quite a challenge to replicate in today's scenario. It would be slightly challenging if you were to dare try that today. However, Migram's part-breaking work sheds some seriously harsh lights on the enormous power of the two key cornerstones of the topic of social psychology, social influence and conformity. We all conform to one sort of social norm like following traffic laws or even obeying the dress code for different roles and environments. When we know how to act in a certain group or settings, life seems to be more smoothly. Some of these conformity is non-conscious automatic mirroring like you you're likely to laugh if you see someone else laughing. In this way, group behavior can be contagious. But overall, conformity describes how we adjust our behaviors or thinking to follow the behavior or the rules of the group we belong to. Besides a fear of authority, the degree to which a person might follow or rebel against a group's social norm, culture, tradition would typically depend on factors such as personal sense of security, feelings of intimidation, fear of rejection, and the admiration of the group. 
This is known as normative influence. It is based on the idea we comply in order to fuel our needs to be liked or to belong. Hence, being a part of culture or tradition within groups could facilitate a positive outcome, but also a negative one if the intentions are negative. As creatures of habit, people would much rather attach to traditional or cultural standards because they offer the safety of a secure identity as they reflect people's past, present, and to an extent, people's sense of self. After all, identity is shaped by history and culture that we share with others. Sometimes, culture and tradition also enable a sense of moral responsibility as people unify to uphold agreed or imposed ideas or ideals for the common good. The reverse aspect of clinging too tight to established traditions and cultures is that new ideas could become restricted when an individual or a group of individuals indicate a flaw in societal norms and make advances to respectfully suggest a new norm they are often criticized or ostracized while some ideals succeed in influencing or implementing the required changes i wonder how many of those higher standards have been stifled or stopped from existing by culture and tradition could this be improved we must ensure that our cultures and traditions stay on constant review whilst we allow for new perspectives to either build upon or replace where necessary. Evolving is a relevant aspect in the process of holding on to our precious culture and tradition, especially of who we are and the things that we do, both planned and compelled to. According to the author Ralph Nader, every culture has something to be ashamed of, but every culture also has the right to change, to challenge negative traditions and create a new one. Thanks for listening. A summary of today's show is available on our website, www.themindgrove.co.uk. On our website, you can also sponsor the Mindgrove podcast and its affiliate charity, the Cinderella Initiative whose aim is to relieve the needs of teenage girls living in Northamptonshire who are terminally ill, have special needs, or are underprivileged. For any comments and suggestions, email us at themindgrove at gmail.com. Until next episode, keep exploring those everyday thoughts. Cheers.